This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Talking today about revival. Revival now! You know, not like in 10 years or even five years or two years or next year, but we're talking about revival now. Now, you know, being in revival, we're talking about living close to God and all. But have you ever heard of CPR? Mm -hmm. Don't they use CPR when someone's had a heart attack? Mm -hmm. Or someone has drowned and they're trying to resuscitate them or bring them back around, right? So, so you think about you know to, to bring somebody back to life, you know you, you 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 need to revive them, you know. And there's lots of things that you can do, but if you wait too long to revive them, it, it might just be too long, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I'm gonna advocate you know revival now, mm-hmm. you know now is the time when we uh, really need. Revival. Let me come back in a second. I think we've now, got. I know y'all thought I was done with this. For the last four weeks, we've been talking about hope, the hope zone, right? And, and this has been our our hope zone. And but uh, what I want to do. As we're reminding you about revival now, what I wanted to do is to draw you a circle to draw you a circle here on the stage. This is chalk. And I'm going to ask you maybe to do something like that somewhere. And then I would ask you to stand in that circle and ask God to send revival in that circle. Because that's where it's got to start. Before we ask God to send revival to America, to the world, you got to ask God, send revival in this circle. Send and and revive me, almighty God. And all that that entails, and we'll explain that. And so when you you get ready to leave uh, the building today, you want to come up here and stand in that circle, just take a few seconds and say, God, revive me, you know. Or you can stand here in this one if you want to. Just as a point of contact, say, God, send revival to me. And may it begin right here in me, and then may it go to the rest of the world. May it go to my family, those who are in my sphere of influence. You know, may it go to the people who I work with. You know, may revival take place. And all those, old Papa God, that I know. And you can take a piece of chalk home, or you can draw on the carpet, or you can draw outside on the... Sidewalks or in the middle of the road, just don't get run over by somebody way out in the road drawing a circle or nothing. But we're talking about revive us now. The word revival, it means to quicken. 
Have you, have you ever been a person who bit your fingernails? And you ever get it down, what they call it, down into the quick? That's alive there, you know? And that's what revival means. I'm alive. The alternative to being alive is like not all alive, you know? Just kind of not all there, you know? Anyhow, revival means to, 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 to quicken, to, to, to give me a fresh start is what we're talking about here. New life, resurrection, to resuscitate, to, to rejuvenate, to restore joy, to, to restore health, to, to renew energy, to, to rescue. And what we're talking about revival is needed now. But, but we start now with us standing in the circle. You can't be praying for anybody else until you prayed for revival to take place in you. Listen to what it says here in the book of uh, Romans, chapter 6, verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Don't let sin control the way you live because sin will never ease up. It's always going to try to control the way you live. And the Bible says don't let sin control the way you live. It's a choice, just like we talked about when we were studying, you know, the hope zone. And, and, and you remember, you know, faith, you know, is the substance. You can get a hold of it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the definition of biblical hope is a confident expectation for the future. And you can step over into that hope zone. It is a choice you make. And, and whether you step into the circle and you say, sin revival is a choice that you make. It's not going to happen accidentally. It's a choice that you'll make and you'll ask God to do what the scripture says right here. Don't let sin control the way you live. Because if sin controls the way you live, there's not much revival taking place in your life at that moment. Just not much. It's taking place right there. Anyhow, you be in charge. Don't let sin be in charge of you. So it says, let's read that again. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. Lustful, talking about immoral, talking about corrupt, talking about covetous desires. Don't give in to those things. You can resist them. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sin. Don't let your eyes, your, your, your ears, your mouth, your brain, your hands... Don't let any part of your body be used for sin. And that's a choice that you will make. Now, prayer is a required action for revival to emerge. Revival. I don't know if you've read much about the revivals that God has sent to this whole planet and where people's lives are changed, but, but it's a choice that people make in response to the Almighty God. Prayer is required for this revival to, to emerge and begins to pray about our own self. And when sin is rampant, sin always causes devastation and bondage. The answer to sin's destruction is revival. Revive. Bring people back alive. You know, breathe in them the life. The, the answer to sin is destruction is revival. Sin revival here. In me, almighty God. Revival comes not by human wisdom. It doesn't come by human strength or by money or other human resources. Revival comes 
by God's divine presence and his power to transform. Revival comes by inviting God to come and take over our our lives. It takes communication between us and God. And, And what do we call that communication between us and God? Prayer. You got, you got to pray. Send revival. To me, almighty God, I need revival. Forgive me for my sins, almighty God, because repentance is absolutely essential for revival to take place. Oh, Papa God, repentance means changing your direction. You, you were going this way, and, and repentance is talking about changing, doing an about-face and, and changing your direction and going the way that God wants you to go. No prayer, no revival. Just the way it is. So let's pick back up here at verse 13. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. What is complete? What percentage is completely? 100%. 100%. Give yourselves completely. Almighty God, I'm all in. 100% of me is yours, oh God. Send a revival right here in this circle. Start with me, oh God. That's what he's talking about. That's 100% what he's talking about. You know, Give yourselves completely to God. Since you have been given new life and use your whole body. What percentage is your whole body? 100%. 100% give your whole body. As a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. For the glory. That means for the honor of God. Verse 14, sin is no longer your master. Sin is not your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Have you ever had a a meal such as I've had, I think, twice in my life so far? It was a, a snapper... Red snapper and a soft shell crab. You ever eaten a soft shell crab? No. You, you, you know why? I want to. But you want to? <laughs> well, maybe we'll do it one of these days. <laughs> do you know why uh, they talk about a soft shell crab? Because it's shed, it's hard shell. And so the new shell is very soft for a little while, and then it'll get hard too. But it sheds its shell. Same reason. A lobster sheds its shell. And the same reason a snake sheds its skin. Because it can't grow no bigger in the one it's got. It must shed it if it wants to grow. I wonder if, if, if you want to grow in your relationship with God. You got to shed the old. The old life. The old way. You got to shed the sinful way. If you want revival and new growth to take place in your life, you don't want to just be hard and unable to to grow anymore. That's just the way it is. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, it says, Another reason for right living is you know how late it is. He says is that you know, but I don't know. Do you know how late it is? Do you sense that the time is getting late in your relationship with God and that one of these days you're going to see him face to face? 
Well, he says here, another reason for right living is that you know how late it is. Time is running out. Time is running out. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. That's what he says here. How many of y'all use an alarm clock? Yeah. What does your alarm clock do? Wake me up. It wakes you up. And usually you don't just have a, like a little... Like, You have more of an earthquake, wake up, you know, or something, to wake us up. And and God wants us to to wake up out of our indifference to sin and the devil's tactics. God wants us to wake up and recognize what time it is and what you and I can do about the time we're in. Anybody who makes it to heaven, there's only one way to get there. Does anybody know which way that is? Through Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, uh, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. And so we want people to make it to heaven. If we want them to come to know Jesus, we got to pray for them. we got to wake up, and we got to pray for them, and we've got to love them, and we got to do what God shows us to do to nudge them closer and closer to Christ. And that is our part, and we can do that. But first off, there must be a revival, an awakening in our own hearts. So it says here, wake up for the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It's getting closer. And you know, Christ's return is a lot closer than when you first believed. I mean, I first believed as a teenager and I'm 67 now and it's a whole lot closer. I'll guarantee you that. I thought it was going to be a long time ago, but I'll tell you as I look around in this world, it's like, wow, we better get on on with the program if we want God to touch people's lives because he's using you and me to, to do this. Anyhow, let's pick back up in verse uh, 12. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So don't live in darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. How often do you shed your dirty clothes? At least once a month, it, probably, at least. <laughs> once a day. At least once sometimes day. more. Well, we need to shed the dirty, whatever it is in our life, and we need to shed it. We, we, we really do like we would shed dirty clothes. You know, we need to have a, a clean heart so God can revive us and, and do a mighty massive work in us. He says, don't live in the darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. And he's talking to all of us here. Shed these evil deeds like... Dirty clothes, and like that crab shed its, you know, shell so it could grovel. You know, he says, shed them like dirty clothes. And he says, clothe yourselves with the armor of right living as those who live in in the light. Now, let me see. Can I reach over and take this back? Yeah. Now, this is nothing new. You've probably all seen this before. Y'all seen that, right? It's one of my flashlights that I always have with me. But you know what? The thing, I mean, it's kind of bright. You might think it's kind of bright, but it's about half dead. You know, it's a whole lot brighter than that once I charge the batteries. You know, have you ever charged a battery on anything? Yep. Just a couple people that wonder how you work your cell phones. They don't (laughs) charge their batteries. You know, or, or... the, the battery in your car, you know, and all kinds of other things there. But, you know, um, I, I've always, always, 
100% of the time, I have at least one of these. You know what this is? A charger. It's a battery charger. And what you do is you just take your, your batteries, and I'm always putting batteries in my charger, you know, so I can charge my flashlights. And, and, and I always use this flashlight along with this one. I have other lights and all, but, you know, uh, this is just what, what I do. And, uh, you know, a flashlight that you can put on your head is pretty awesome. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty this, bright. This thing's pretty bright. Y'all think it's pretty bright? Yeah. yeah. thing is almost dead. What are you talking about? What about you? Are you bright? Yeah. Hmm. Whoa, yeah. Is that any brighter? Yeah, that's brighter. Sometimes we think that God has sent a revival, but the light is just about to flicker out in us. The, the spiritual revival ain't there. We might think it is, just like you thought my flashlight was bright. And Susan thought it was bright, mm -hmm. didn't you? Yep. But once you get a, 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 a recharge, you, you got a battery that's experienced revival, it's like, oh, now that's bright. Is a big difference. So what's going on in you right now? Is it bright? Really? Is God doing a revival that's, that's changing you from the inside out and now you're going to impact the world in which we're living? You think about that. Uh, anyhow, we need revival to take place in our life. Now, let me see here. Let's pick up here. We just got through reading about clothe yourselves with the armor of right living as those who live in the light. Verse 13, we should be decent and true in everything we do so that everyone can approve of our behavior. Don't participate in wild parties and getting drunk or in adultery and immoral living or in fighting and jealousy. But let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you. Let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you. And there's a lots of things that will try to get you wrapped up in the, the sinful things of the world. The, the wild living in all kinds of ways to get you away from the almighty God. That's what the devil tries to put your light out. He tries to bring about a, a hard shell in our life. So we can't grow anymore in our relationship with the Almighty. And he, he goes on to say here, and don't think of ways to indulge your evil desires. And some people do. They say, well, how can we do that? What can we do? What can we do? What can we do this? And you hear it in the political world and what they're trying to do to the schools and to our world. It's like, well, let's do this instead. Anyhow, D.L. Moody once said, I'm only one. D.L. Moody was an awesome man of God. Neil Moody once said, I'm only one, but I am one. And I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And that which I can do, by the grace of God, I will do. And with that simple commitment, God used Neil Moody to bring revival to England and to America. 
And when D.O. Moody, you know, accepted Christ into his life, what would seem like, well, you know, some people, they mature in five or six or ten years into strong, mature Christians. D.O. Moody was like mature in a few months' time. He just couldn't grow enough. He just stayed in that little circle. God just working me and changed me and revived me. All my he, he, he stayed connected to God. And D.O. Moody has a reputation. And they didn't have even all the radio kinds of stuff, television stuff, no computers or anything at the time when he started there. But he's, uh, you know, attributed to leading a million people to Christ personally, one-on-one. You know, he was a soul winner. Anyhow, it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Now, do you ever discipline your body? Nah. <laughs> yes, I do. Climb up the mountain. You know, the, are there ever any things that you know you shouldn't eat? Yes. Or, or maybe drink? And one way you can discipline yourself is just like, don't do that. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to myself. <laughs> but we need to discipline ourselves. Not so much as slapping our hand, but exercise of discipline like an athlete would use. And so we're, we're, we're growing spiritually and becoming more Christ-like because of the discipline of ourselves. Let's continue to read that. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Wow. Keeping our bodies alert and alive and awake to God, or as the apostle says, or, or after I preach to so many others, I might end up being a castaway. I didn't have a revival taking place in my own life. Do you have revival taking place in your life? Listen to what it says here in Psalms 85, looking at verse 1. Lord, you have poured out amazing blessings on your land. Yes, he has. You have restored the fortunes of Israel. You have forgiven the guilt of your people. Yes, you have covered all their sins. Has God covered our sins? Yes. What's he covered them with? The blood of Jesus Christ. And it washes. He's covered them, but it washes our sins all away. And that's really one of the beginning things of dealing with sin is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. It washes all of our sins away. And in 1 John 1, 9, he tells us if we'll confess our sins, not like, oh, I'm fine, I'm I'm in it. He says, if we'll confess our sins, Father God, I'm guilty of this and this and this. He says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful in us to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. God wants to forgive you. It's not like we need to hide and act like, well, I've never done that or thought that or whatever. No, we need to be honest because if we confess him, he forgives us and cleanses us from every wrong. He, he delights in forgiving us. And then in uh, Philippians, no, in uh, Psalms chapter 119, verse 9 and 10, he talks about, he says, the, the psalmist, David, he says, Thy word, you know, the Bible, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you. That helps to bring about a change in me. You know, when I hide his word in my heart, I, I, I will resist the, the temptations. I will not give in to those things, you know. And revival can start when there's genuine repentance and I confess my sins 
the Almighty God and hiding His Word in my heart so I'll not give in to those sinful things any longer. Let's see, where was we at here? You have forgiven the guilt of your people. Yes, you have covered all their sins. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Won't you revive us again? You, you, you think that God might would give you a second chance? Mm-hmm. I don't want a second chance. Because my second chance got used up many years ago. I just want another chance. What about you? And the God who we serve, he has given us and offered us another chance. Regardless of what number it might be, he's a God of another chance. And revival is, is not a week's worth of meetings. And down in the south where I come from, you'd see everybody would have a revival services once a year. You know, and, and you know, revival. And it was just certain kinds of services, a certain kind of preacher would come in and they'd have a revival. And it was okay, I suppose, but that's not the making of revival, just having special services. That's not the making. In all of my study and research, the making of a revival is when you begin to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to the Almighty God. You, you step in that circle and you ask God to work a miracle and bring transformation to you. And, and then it becomes contagious. Or, or you know, the, the transformation that takes place in your life and you get on fire for God. And you know what happens when you get on fire for God? People will come and watch you burn for God. And, and they'll listen to your stories and what God's doing in your life and, and it'll become contagious. And uh, that's what we need to do. We need to become contagious. Revival is renewed zeal to the obedience of God. Now I know some people go, oh, I don't want to hear about obedience. I just want to do what I want to do, and I can serve God too. Well, then that's okay, I suppose. But you'll never experience revival when you say, well, I'm just going to do what I jolly well please. But when we have a zeal, it's like, God, I'm all in. I'm all in, 100%. Whatever you want, let's just do it your way. Let's just do it your way and work in me to touch the men and women, boys and girls who are in my family and, and the men, women, boys and girls who are in my community and in and, and, and my town and even in my church. Almighty God, do what you want to do. I, I want to want to obey you. Just do whatever it takes to, to help me to obey you, Almighty God. Send revival in my life, you know. Now, I don't know if that's you or you going, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't need no more obedience to God. Or maybe you want more obedience to God. Praying is no substitute for obeying. We must obey Almighty God and experience that resurrection power flow to and through your life. Let's pick up here in verse 7. We just got through reading it. In verse 6 it says, Won't you revive us again? So your people can rejoice in you. Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what the Lord, for what God the Lord is saying. Now, do you listen, as the scripture says here, carefully to what the Lord's saying? Mm -hmm. I heard one and a half persons. (laughs) Are we listening carefully? I want to hear what God's saying. Maybe when I go to a church and, and I'm trying to hear what he's saying to me 
Or maybe when I just pick up my Bible at home, what are you saying to me, Almighty God? And he says here, I listen carefully to what God, the Lord, is saying. For he speaks peace. And peace in the Old Testament was talking about health and and, and, and wealth and, and well-being and all. You know, are, are we listening to what God is saying to us about all these issues in our life and, and what honors him and what's the balance and what he wants to do in us? Are, are we listening very carefully or we're we just listening to what we want here? You, you know, it's just kind of like the, the flashlight. Everybody thought it was very bright, but then we discovered that it was just about to burn out. It wasn't near as bright as we thought it was. Are we listening carefully? That's what the the question was telling us. And it says, why don't you read it there? I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying. For he speaks peace to his people, his faithful ones. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Now, Now, couldn't you classify that? Let them not return to their stupid ways? Did I say that out loud in front of everybody? Yep. Well, we should probably go to the next verse, I suppose. Psalm 53, verse 2, and this is in the Message Bible. It says, God sticks his head out of heaven. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. The word stupid is in the Bible. (laughs) How about that? He's looking for someone not stupid. One man, even a God-expectant one, just one God-ready woman. God's looking for a, a, an expected man or woman who's all in. And, and there may be right here, they may be watching us online, who's all in and say, Lord, I'm all 100% in for you. I'm a God-expectant man. I'm a God-expectant woman. I understand, and I've got a confident expectation that you're reviving me, and, and you're reviving my loved ones and my family and my friends, and you're reviving my, my city and my town and my church. And, and there's some people who are God expectant. And they're not stupid. That's what it says. Is that what it says there? That's what it says. He says, for someone not stupid. So if somebody says, well, stupid's done in the Bible. You can tell them Psalms 53, verse 2 in the message Bible is says. Anyhow. We don't want to cause a fight or nothing, though. But Psalms 80, verse 18 says, Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Revive us so we can call on your name. And I'm going to be honest with you, God never has ever limited you and me to calling upon him once more. Never again. No, because you can call upon him while you're breathing. You can call upon him once you have passed from this whole world. Your choice has done been made. You, you chose for Christ in heaven or you chose the devil in hell. And that's why it's so important that we communicate with those that we love right now and instead of dreading and wishing that we had opportunity, but it's already passed us and we can't do anything about it to anybody else right now. There's an old song we used to sing, and here's the words of it. It goes, Purify my heart let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. And to purify, it takes heat. 
to purify gold, to, to bring the dross to the surface so it can be skimmed off. Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. And that's just being Christ-like. It's being like God, who is holy. Holiness. I, 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 I want to be holy, set apart for you, who my master, ready to do your will. Are you ready to do the will of Almighty God? It's just like, oh, Lord, just point out anything that's offensive to you and me. Just, just point it out, whatever it might would be. Just point it out to me, oh, Lord. Would you ever pray a prayer like that? Well, here, let me just read this right here. It says in Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Would you ever pray a prayer like that? Point out to me anything that's in me that's offensive to you and lead me in the, the path that leads to everlasting life. Anything that's offensive to you, anything, I, I will turn from it, point it out, and make it clear. Is that kind of what it's saying there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you pray a prayer like that? Yes. Well, let's do so right now. Bow your heads. Papa God, we come before you right now, and we ask that you would send a revival. Almighty God, to the man who's standing in this circle and the men and women who are in this small building, send a revival to us, Almighty God, and and point out anything and everything that's offensive to you that we do or we think or we don't do that we should do. Point out to us anything in us that is offensive to you, Almighty God, and use us for your honor and glory to bring men and women Boys and girls close to you. Yes. We ask in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know, that's an awesome prayer. Point out anything that's offensive to you. And he'll do that. And he will make it clear. And then he goes on to say in verse um, 19, and we just read, oh yeah, Psalms 80. Well, read verse 18 again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Verse 19, turn us again to yourself, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine down upon us. Smile on us. Only then will we be saved. Mm, Only God can turn you and me back to himself. And that's if if we're, we're willing, you know. Now Luke tells us that while Jesus prayed in the garden, the disciples were doing something. You've been reading your Bible, haven't you? The disciples were sleeping. Now I wonder if you've been sleeping. You know, say, well, I was just taking a little nap maybe, you know. But spiritually, have we been sleepy? <clears throat> now I was reading about this sleeping thing. And I discovered a guy. 
You may know him. It's a story about Rip Van Winkle. You ever heard of him? He fell asleep one day in a quiet spot on the banks of the Hudson River, and he didn't wake up for 20 years. So when he went to sleep, there was a sign above his favorite tavern that read, King George III, King of England. He was a subject of the British crown. And when he woke up, King George had been replaced by George Washington. And he was now an American citizen. Rip Van Winkle was. The tragic part was that he slept through the revolution. While he snored, oblivious to his surroundings, fantastic events, earth-shaking events had taken place. While he was sleeping, you know, he, he, he slept through these great events. I wonder, have you been spiritually sleeping through some events that God has created here on this earth? And that God is on the move doing even right now. Have we been sleeping? Or are we waking up to what God is on the move doing in our lives right now? Listen to what he says right here in Psalms 57 verse 7. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. You ever, you ever sing his praises, you know? Do, do you know what makes us want to sing? When, when God revives us, you just can't hardly help it. A melody just kind of jumps out at you, you know, when, when God revives us and he brings about transformation in our life, you know. And, and we're, because of our time factor, we're not going to sing too many songs, you know. It sounds good. You know. It sounds good. You want to hear me sing again? <laughs> I thought you were going to We're going to be singing through the streets okay. of Southington. All right. That's good enough for me. I would challenge y'all, though, to uh, read Psalms chapter 40. You can still read thing. it. Huh? You can still read that. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> we're going to be singing through the streets. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, re- revival. I- I'll do one song. Okay. Revival is a church falling in love with Jesus again. I don't know if you ever heard that song. It goes like, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with you over and over and over and over again. You get sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I, falling in love with you over and over and over and over again. I'm talking about revival. You know, when we're really falling in in love with the Almighty God, and ain't nothing would please me more than to be more and more like you and and let you lead and guide me and, and show me and, and move in me and help me to move along in harmony with you. That a man or woman who will pray a prayer like that, it's amazing what God will do in us if we would. Anyhow, let me see here. What? This is uh, verse 8. I wonder where verse 7. Can we read this 
Right here again. Yep, Psalm 57, verse 7. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. Verse 8. Verse 8. Wake up, my soul. No, 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 that's not the way it goes. It goes, wake up! That's the way it goes. Wake up, my soul. (laughs) And who... Who was he talking to? You did pretty good there. My soul. Talking to himself. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, oh harp and lyre. I will waken the dawn with my song. That means when the sun is rising, I'm going to be there with my musical instruments, and I'm going to be singing. I'm, I'm going to be there when the dawn shows up. I'm going to already be there awake. Praying and singing and worshiping the Almighty God. I want to be on the cutting edge of what God's doing in this world right now. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to be let the devil sedate me and where I just stay asleep, you know, all the time. I want to be awake to the Almighty God. That's that's what he's talking about right here. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, O harp and lyre. I will waken the dawn. With my song, I will thank you, Lord, in front of all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed to sing about God in front of the nations. I I will speak and I will tell and I will sing what God has done for me. You know, that's what happens when we are revived and when we fall in love again with the almighty God who gave his life for you. He died on a cross publicly stripped naked, you know, and nailed to a cross. Oh, yeah, the, the artists have a little loincloth around, but that's not the way Christ, he was stripped naked and, and he was beaten and he was nailed to a cross for you. We're not ashamed of you because you wasn't ashamed of us. You gave your life to wash our sins away and then you told us to go let other people know that you forgive them also. And he does. There's enough of grace to forgive every man, woman, boy, and girl on this planet. If they ever heard the gospel from someone. If anybody ever explained it to them. Listen to what it says here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. Jesus is speaking and he says. Stay awake and be prepared. Not just wake up. He says, stay Awake. Stay awake. And be prepared because you do not know the day or hour of my return. But he's implying he is returning. Mm-hmm. He says stay awake. Spiritually stay awake. Be alert. Have, have you ever been awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yes. There's something about that 3 o'clock hour, isn't it? It's a God thing, I'm pretty sure. You know, we, we, we get... Not- I can tell you one thing. That's the time when I do my praying a lot. <laughs> and I'm praying to the one and the only, the true and the living God. Mm-hmm. And I already read the end of the book. And God wins, you mm-hmm. know. He absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. And we need to become a tool in the hands of Almighty God on behalf of our family and our loved ones and praying for them and for God and yielding ourselves and confessing our sins for God to move in us, you know. And, and because he's moving in us, we don't need to be afraid of anything. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. You know, he says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of uh, 
power, power. <laughs> and love. And if I sound like, I like that. Woohoo! He has given us a spirit of power and love. And he tells us that faith that moves mountains, faith works by love. He has given us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. But Jesus said there, would you read that one more time? Stay awake and be prepared because you do not know the day or hour of my return. And you know what the, the word revival means? Do you know what re means? Again. Again. You, you ever heard of a repeat, you know? You know, re, you know, you. Oh, this is talking about, again, and the word vival, vival means? To give. To give life, you know? Again, to give life. It implies something that has died. Again, give life. Revive me, almighty God. And all that has attacked me and tried to put out the, 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 the light and the life and the fire in me. Revive me again. Give me life. And may I live my life for you by the power of Holy Spirit working in me. Oh, God will answer a man or a woman who prays for that circle. And then you catch fire. And, and, and then it becomes contagious and it begins to touch other people who's in your sphere of influence. But it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. And hopefully in just a few moments when we do let you go, somebody will come by and just stop in that little uh, hope zone, that little circle, or maybe up here for just a moment and say, Lord, I'm, I'm all in. Sin revival right here. Whatever it takes. Whatever is offensive to you, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Use this man. Use this woman. Start it in me. I'll tell you what. Changes the world. Changes the world for man or woman. The purpose of revival is to make God, not men, famous. That's what revival is all about. To focus people's eyes not upon human leaders, but upon divine leaders. And the greatest divine leader is Jesus. <laughs> Listen what it says here. We don't have too much more to go, but in Psalms 51. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Did, did you, you know what he, let me put an emphasis on a word. It's very important. I think for all of us here, when we're going to get in this circle and we're going to quote this verse, create in me. Me. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. And then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted. Now I did it in a different translation than we're reading over here. But that's... Our prayer. Well, would you read that again, dear? And this is what we should pray as the psalmist was praying this. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Within me. Do not cast me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. From me. Restore to, to me, me again the joy of your salvation. And make me willing, willing to, to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to sinners, and they will return to you. 
Do you have the joy of salvation? Or are you just kind of like... <laughs> just the normal old daily way you are? Or do you have the joy? He says if you have the joy of his salvation... You will teach sinners. Is that what it says there? Mm-hmm. Would you read it one more time? Then I will teach your ways to sinners, and they will return to you. When you've got the joy of salvation, you'll teach God's ways to sinners, and they will return to him. That's revival is what he's talking about right there. R.A. Torrey gives us a prescription. Y'all, anybody here take a prescription? you have a prescription for anything? I'm going to give you another prescription to take, okay? There's only three ingredients to this prescription. R.A. Torrey, godly man, he once said, I can give a prescription that will bring revival to any church, to any community, to any city on earth. First, let a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. Let a few Christians get thoroughly right from God. They repent. They get right with God. They they obey him. They're asking him, show me anything that's offensive to you. He said, let a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. If, If this is not done, the rest will come to nothing. The second thing to do is let them bind themselves together to pray for revival until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. That's the second thing. There's only one more thing to do. Sounds too easy, too simple. Let them put themselves at the disposal of God for his use as he sees fit in winning others to Christ. That's all. I have given this prescription around the world. Horatory has done that, and in no incidents. Has it failed? It cannot fail. Let me just tell you one more time. Any of you, and you you know what? It's so simple. Easy to remember. Let a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. We confess all of our sins. We repent and, and we obey him. We're looking, how can I get more in line with him? And the second thing, let them bind themselves together to pray for revival. Until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. Now maybe even half an hour before the church. Worshiping all. Maybe a handful of believers would get together and just pray for a half an hour. Before worship or something like that. Maybe only two or three get together in prayer. Maybe a hundred. You know, would get together. And bind themselves together to pray for revival. But they start by praying for God to send revival in that circle. And then it catches on. And there's some of you right now that's feeling that burning inside. It's like, I want to be one of those. Well, you know who that is. And then he says, and then let them put themselves at the disposal of God for his use as he sees fit in winning others to Christ. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to change, whatever you want from me, that's what I want to do, that we can win men and women, boys and girls to Christ. 
Ain't nothing in this whole wide world more important than that, to win people to Christ. So get right with God. Get together with other believers and you pray. And then you put yourself at God's disposal, whatever you want me to do to win people to Christ, that's what I'm going to do. Sounds pretty simple, don't you think, dear? Pretty simple. We're just about done. Would you read that? Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven Heaven fill your your thoughts. thoughts. Does heaven fill your thoughts? Or does what's going to be coming on the TV tonight? Or, 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 Or something else out there what fills your thoughts? Does heaven fill your thoughts or does other stuff fill your thoughts? Well, the scripture says here, he says that heaven fill, fill your, your thoughts. thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his, all glory. his glory. So put, put to, to death, death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Now, you might have not thought about that as we've been talking about sinful things you need to confess to God, but maybe there's some sinful thing that's just been lurking in you. Now, it just comes out once in a while, but it creates a lot of havoc when it does. What does he say to do with this lurking thing? Put it to death. Put to death the sinful earthly things. I don't know if you remember this or not, but what was it? Two, three months ago, when it was raining, I took a dog for a walk around the back of our house out there where we had a woodshed, and there was a old copperhead laying there. It was raining with his mouth wide open, just ready for us. And I did for that copperhead what God says to do to this Lurking thing. Put it to death. I put it to death. I actually have a skin to remind us that he's dead. So put to death the sinful earthly things. There might not just be one. Might be a boom, boom, boom. Might be a couple of them. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking Within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. Do not be greedy for the good things of this life, for that is idolatry. Now, the enemy of our soul would try to get us covetous about anything and everything that displeases God. And you can see our world. Make a big to-do, and like this is all wonderful, and this is, you know, and it opposes the Almighty God. But there's some men and women who are putting those evil, sinful things to death that is lurking. They're trying to damage us and our, our witness to the Almighty God. There's revival taking place in some people's lives right here. There's revival, and it will catch on fire, and it will become contagious, and lives will be transformed because of it. Let's read one more verse, can we? Before we do, there's something you forgot, I think. I forgot something. How do we, what is one of the... the, Oh, the prayer target? Yeah. 
How do you know I forgot it? Uh, I don't remember. Well, all the services kind of do blend in together, but I don't think you shared it in this one. I, I, I forgot that I had forgot it. <laughs> Thank you. He's awesome. Well, it's something we have told you about before, but if you're going to repent, how are we going to stay away from these sinful working things? And we discovered quite a few years ago, Susan and I did, about a prayer target. And if you want to get free from a sin that's really got a hold of you and controls a major part of your life, a prayer target is simple. Pretty much guaranteed to help you overcome that sin, whatever it is. Do you have a friend, a family member, or someone who is extremely dear to you that does not know Jesus yet. Okay, so what I want to challenge you to do, whenever you're tempted, whatever the temptation might be, let's just say you might have a bad thought. You know, you, you, you maybe have a bad action or something, but you're tempted. Every time you're tempted, this is what I encourage you to do. You take about a minute, no longer, about 30 seconds to a minute, and you pray for that person. You pray, Papa God, I ask that you would send labors across that person's life and the Holy Spirit would work in their life and they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Reveal yourself to them and save them and forgive them and may they know you, Almighty God. That's it. But there's one more part of the prayer. You pray for your loved one. Every time you're tempted, if you're tempted once, you pray for them once a day. If you pray... You're tempted 20 times, you pray for them 20 times a day. And then once you pray for them, and then you pray for Pastor Ron. God, just anoint Pastor Ron and give him the words to say and help him to lead men and women, boys and girls, and help him to lead our team. And as we go out on, you know, through the Internet, may hundreds of people come to know Jesus and, and help a faith-living church to win many people to you. Amen. You pray for your loved one and you pray for a local church to win hundreds of people to Christ. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The devil will stop tempting you to sin. He says, I'm not going to be their alarm clock to remind them to pray. They pray and I'm losing people. When we have done this and prayed for people, what happens? They've gotten born again. They come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So if you've got some kind of a stronghold in your life, every time you're tempted, you pray for that loved one and you pray for us to win more people to Christ. And I'll guarantee you, you'll find some great freedom that Almighty God gives you. And take advantage of that freedom. Be revived and touch people's lives. And I'm going to tell you, I, I believe that some of you is, is getting a little bit more familiar with Positive things happening, God answering prayers in your life. Because you have a confident expectation for the future. It's not like, well, I don't know if God's going to answer or not. No, have a confident expectation that God's going to do what he's promised to do. Let's, let's read this one more verse. Revelation chapter 3 verse 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do. 
And that you have a reputation. You got a name for this. For being alive. Do you know anybody who has a name for being alive? Faith Living Living Church. Church. Has a name for being alive. But just because living is in our name, does that mean we're alive? You may have a name for being alive. You may have a name for being alive because you're a part of the the faith living church or for some other reason. But he says here that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. You're dead. Just because you got a reputation for being alive, we don't want to just have a good name for being awesome and kind of Christ-like and God works in us. We want to be alive. Not just a reputation. We want to be an extension of Almighty God's hand. We want his resurrection power flowing not just to us, but through us. And people finding the forgiveness of their sins and people finding freedom from their sin. And, and people's lives are, are, are transformed and changed forever. And they will live with God forever in a place called heaven one day. Their names are written in the book of life. We don't want to just to have a name for that. You know, oh yeah, you're doing a really good job. No. We want to be the real deal. But a revival has to take place in me and must take place in you. And then let's join our efforts together as we pray together. Go go ahead, dear. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Now, wake up! That's that's what it says. Mm -hmm. I just read it the way it was intended. Yep. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. Wow. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly and turn to me again. Turn to me means to repent. Change my direction. I was going away from you, but change my direction. Repent and go toward God and submit everything. All that you are and ever hope to be, yield it to God. It's the safest place you can ever be when you yield everything to God. He is so trustworthy. He is so awesome. And we're going to spend eternity with him. And God has given you and I the responsibility to populate heaven. Let people know about heaven. Let them know how to get there. You know, and we can find that out in his word. Well, what I'd like to do we got a boat to take through the city here shortly, don't we? Mm-hmm. I'd like just to pray and reaffirm our faith in Christ who's given his all for us. So let's reaffirm our faith in him and maybe you're watching online here or you're here in this building and maybe you've never declared your faith. Declare it with me right now or reaffirm your faith as we pray together. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent your son. I believe that you sent your son. And he gave his all for me. And he gave his all for me. He shed his blood. He shed his blood. To wash all my sins away. To wash all my sins away. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. And is alive evermore. And is alive evermore. And knocking at the door of my heart. 
and knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door. I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into my life. Into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. As my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. I yield my all. I yield my all. To you. To you. I'm all in. I'm all in. 100%. 100%. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.